G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. There is something very powerful about a person who is not only open in heart, open in mind, open in everything, and especially when they share their heart and it changes lives. In today's program, we're going to see this very much at work as we learn more about 2 Corinthians. Our series is entitled, Heartfelt and Inspired, Understanding 2 Corinthians, a verse-by-verse commentary. And in this particular lesson, based on 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 to 18, we call it Unveiled and glorious. You see that there are people, and I'm not talking about any particular religion, it happens worldwide, but people who have veiled faces. And the veiling, it may be for various reasons, but in the Bible, believe it or not, it was a man who wore a veil, and not just any man. It was Moses himself, the great lawgiver, or actually the great law receiver of ancient Israel. When Moses was on top of Mount Sinai. He met with God face to face. When he met with God, he didn't wear a veil. He soaked in all the glory he could from the Almighty. But when he went down from the mountain, he put the veil on and conversed with ancient Israel. Part of the reason, of course, was because his face was so brilliant, he didn't want to blind them. But the time came when the glory began to fade. But Moses still retained the veil. Because after all, though the text doesn't say this, he didn't want them to lose confidence in him. What we see is this is under the old covenant. The new covenant, like the old, is glorious. But the difference is the old covenant has a great but fading glory, and the new covenant has a great, ever-increasing, never-to-be-taken-away glory. When asked about eternity and what is eternity like, I have a simple answer. Eternity is 3G. All good, all glory, all God. And when you think it can't get any better than what it does, it does get better and better and better. 2 Corinthians speaks about the fact that we are to be people who don't wear veils when it comes to God or veils when it comes to people. Might as well say masks or putting on a front or what have you. You see, this passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 12 to 18, first of all, it talks about the great hope we have and the boldness found in it. Then it goes on to tell us that things are different to what Moses had, because Moses wore a veil to cover a glory that was decreasing by the day. 
He had a veiled face, and this was extended to his people. They, when they would hear the reading of the law, they had a veil too, but not over their faces, over their hearts. Not only were the faces veiled at the reading of the law, but minds were blinded as well. And then this is happening yet again, even into Paul's day, long after Moses, and even to our day. When people hear the law, there's a veil on the heart. Just as Moses kept the veil on too long, so do they. But we learn something very wonderful here. And let me read it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You see, Christian liberty comes by being born of the Spirit and baptized in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't leave you where you're at. You're headed for ever-increasing glory. I want to read to you now from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 to 18. Again, 2 Corinthians 3, 12 to 18. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. Not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 12 to 18. Our series is entitled, Heartfelt and Inspired. Paul is being more open-hearted here, more personal, more emotional than anywhere else in the New Testament. But of course, it's inspired because it's the Word of God. So he talks about the fact that we have this great hope, therefore we can be bold in speech, hopeful and bold. First Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 3.12. The New Covenant gives us great hope. It gives us, as the book of Hebrews tells us, better promises, better sacrifice, better priesthood, better everything. Because of this, we can speak plainly or with great boldness. We have nothing to hide, but we have much good news to proclaim. So the next verse, 2 Corinthians 3, 13, we are different to Moses. Because remember, Moses, he put on a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. So what does this mean? Moses wore the veil over his face because of the glory of God and because the glory of the law shined on him brightly when he met with the Lord face to face on Mount Sinai. But even though the old covenant and the law had glory, it was a fading glory, one that wasn't permanent. So Moses continued to keep that veil over his face long after the glory faded. We can only speculate why, but as I said before, he didn't want Israel to see the fading glory and to lose confidence in them. So he may have fooled them, but the Holy Spirit caused Paul to be the one who was not fooled. He knew 
That was the reason for Moses persisting with the veil. And that leads us to verse 14, 2 Corinthians 3. It tells us, but their minds were blinded. If Moses kept a veil, and in that sense a veil here represents being cut off, shut out, or maybe even in bondage, like an imprisonment. And this also represents what we call the phenomena of being close-minded. Now, being close-minded is a very bad thing. At least if you're an educated person, you would view close-mindedness as bad. Now, the truth is you can have a lot of educated close-minded people as well, especially in our polarized, sectarian, segmented world where people are more seeking after bolstering or, how should I say, propping up an ideology than they are sincerely seeking for knowledge, truth, wisdom, and understanding. I come from the old school, if that's what you want to call it, where when you study, when you seek an education, you're doing so with an open mind and heart. You want the facts, you want the truth, even if it goes against what you had been taught before or what you have as wishful thinking, truth is most important. But you see, today, it's not like that. There are people still seeking truth and facts and knowledge, but there's many who are basically subservient to what we call the narrative. It's the way that life is viewed and how we want a certain outcome. You can have a left-wing narrative, perhaps a right-wing narrative, and so many people in the media, in education, in maybe even big business, sometimes even in the church, there is a narrative and they want to support it even when that narrative goes against facts, truth, and reality. We must not be that way because if all you're doing is trying to basically support your preconceived prejudice, that is not open-minded. That is closed-minded. You don't want to be closed-minded because it means your mind is blinded. Even when truth is given to you, you won't recognize it, you won't accept it. And the problem is this, if you want to live on lies rather than truth, then guess whose territory you end up being on? Because the devil himself is a liar and the father of lies, according to the Lord Jesus himself in John chapter 8. It says their minds were blinded. Those that were hearing the law, but not seeing that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that law. That is what Paul is telling us here. And he goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 3.14, until this very day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. So if you have the Old Testament and a veil, you will not recognize Christ because every bit of the Old Testament, or shall we say every book of the Old Testament points to Christ, including the five books of Moses called the Torah or the Pentateuch. But the veil is taken away when Christ comes in the picture, or the veil is taken away when a person turns to Christ. In verse 15 of 2 Corinthians 3, it says, but even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Just remember when the Lord was on earth dealing with Pharisees, Sadducees, Herodians, teachers of the law, the scribes of whom they didn't have authority, he had authority, and not like the scribes. These just couldn't see him for who he really was. Their minds were blinded. And even though they could never, ever refute him, never trip him up in his words, never gainsay his actions, that didn't stop them from betraying him, handing him over to the Romans so that he could be 
crucified. I mean, that's how hateful their opposition was. That's what blindness can do. It doesn't just keep you in the dark, but it makes you an agent of dark too. Because when you're full of hatred, then murder is not that far away. Even if you never do it with your hands, you're doing it with the heart. So the veil is there when Moses is read. It's not that Moses is bad. It's not that the law is bad. Of course, we study the five books of Moses. It is God's word, but we see it with Christ at the center. He is the fulfillment of the law and of the prophets. That's what he shared on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24 with those two men. He started with the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. All things are fulfilled concerning him. But there is some good news, and that's found even in verse 16. It tells us, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The purpose of coming to Jesus Christ is to receive the gospel of eternal salvation and to become part of God's kingdom, which has no end. And you don't wait till the next life to enter into the kingdom. The kingdom begins now. And we come to know and serve the king now, from the time of our new birth, because eternal life is not just quantity of life, an endless life. It is quality of life. And it's even defined in John chapter 17, verse 3, that eternal life is knowing the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Eternal life is knowing God, walking with God, talking with God, serving God, which is all another way of describing the fear of the Lord the beginning of wisdom. And friend, if you can't seek of anything else in this life, seek to be in the fear of the Lord. It will give you wisdom. It will give you honor. It will immunize you from the corruption, from the temptation, from being hijacked by this present evil world, and it will keep you from falling because that's what it does. It keeps you from falling. It keeps you from sinning. We don't want to be blinded in our minds and hearts because we'll keep on sinning and in many cases not even realize it. Therefore, verse 16, we need to remove the veil if we're going to experience the fullness of God. So when you turn to Christ, that veil is taken away. You're no longer in darkness. You're no longer blinded. You're no longer in bondage. You are free, very free. And this is what leads us to that important verse, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Oh, this is one of the great verses, I think, of the whole Bible. The Lord is the spirit. I mean, for example, the Holy Spirit himself is the Lord. He is God. He is divine. One of the three divine persons in the Holy Godhead. One God, three persons. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. As I say, this is one of the great truths of the Bible, because sin brings bondage, religiosity brings bondage, self-will and carnality bring bondage, and all this bondage leads to death. But the Holy Spirit, on the contrary, brings liberty, light, life, and love. I'll repeat that. The Holy Spirit brings liberty, life, light, and love. When the Holy Spirit comes, you are set free. Think of it like the raising of Lazarus. Lazarus, when he was dead, he was bound up in a dark, cold tomb. Jesus calls him forth, 
raised back to life. Lazarus comes out of the dark tomb into the light. He's alive. However, with the grave clothes on, he's still bound up and limited. Jesus gives a command, loose him and let him go. The Holy Spirit does precisely that to believers. We are no longer bound up with religiosity, no longer bound up with worldly enticement, no longer bound up with sin. We are free, free to know and serve God. And finally, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. But we all with unveiled faces, beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So this is telling us something wonderful. We who believe, which includes the Apostle Paul, the Corinthian church, and Christians today now have faces that are unveiled. But it's what's happening is we are like standing in a mirror, seeing the glory of God. And as we do, we presently are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, courtesy of the Spirit of the Lord, the same Holy Spirit who brings great liberty. Remember, friends, we are all being prepared for glory. When the glory comes, It is beyond calculation, price, and description. It's just too wonderful for words. Part of the reason we experience troubles in this world is it's actually preparing us for more glory. That's why Paul says in Romans, I don't consider the sufferings of today even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. So our segment here, our lesson is called Unveiled and Glorious. And what is the lesson for life? The veil of Moses represents separation and bondage. That's why Christ takes it away. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education, and thank you for liking our page. You can also go to our homepage and subscribe to the free monthly Issachar teaching e-letter with articles on the Bible, victorious Christian living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. You are preparing us for glory, for open hearts and minds, for bringing us into great liberty, no longer carrying heavy burdens, sins, bondages, or anything else. We are free. Help us to live in that liberty. Help us to share that liberty with others. Through Christ the Lord, amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.